When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson low. Great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net. Brilliant goal. On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Hello there, welcome to another new space order pod. Under the touchline Fracker Banner, I'll be your host once again, X-Pac. Um, joined by two lovely co-hosts. One's at HQ right now, but it doesn't matter. We get it going. Um, firstly, though, Scott Hall. How you doing? Hey. Hoods up. Uh, hoods are up, you know what I'm saying? Because it's getting towards that time of the year where uh, Santa Claus might need to be robbed because presidents need to be acquired. Um, so... So make of that what you want. Yeah, I mean, bro, you, you man are lucky I didn't come in a ski mask. So <laughs> well, lucky you didn't turn up on the Thames again or something. Bro, yeah, it's a, it's a lot, bro. Listen, I was like there, bro. Yeah, yeah, hey, hey. Man was playing saxophone, so <laughs> he was living a good life. Looks good. It looks good. Speaking of looking good, Booker T, Tops, how you doing from HQ there, mate? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. Uh I'm not so busy this afternoon, so um thought I'd just jump on. Quick one with the guys. Well, we uh, we are blessed with your presence and we do appreciate you uh, coming on there. No problem. It's no. good, just uh, obviously you're not going to follow the theme of being a scrub or wearing scrubs, I'm sure. <laughs> hey, hey, that's decent. That's decent. <laughs> Bars. Bars. It's not bad. I'm just going to, yeah, we're going to try and smash this out. Hopefully I don't kind of show my hands covered in paint on stream. Like I've been trying to just get my whole DIY bag going, doing up the spare room and stuff like that for a Christmas present. And I thought I'd have this like 
automatic package, being an off-white guy, close to middle age, being a father. Like I thought it was in my DNA as an automation. It turns out I have uh, not done such a good job so far. But you got, you it's, got a piece of scripture for that. Bro, I need to just sit in the train, just have it plugged in or something. Like, yeah, it's it's very well needed. Um, but no, let's let's get into it. We're in, on, off the back of a win against Nottingham Forest. Uh, it was an unchanged side, wasn't it? Um, from the Newcastle game, <clears throat> where we had some back out wide, Richarlison through the middle, Kalizewski, Ten, Brennan Johnson out on the right, and then the rest is. Yeah, self-explanatory. Uh, firstly, yeah, how do you think we started that game? Um, I th- you know what? To be honest with you, I think we started off the game pretty well. Um, not too bad. Um, quick turnover in terms of like uh, the match. We've had quite a few matches in sh- uh, short periods, space of time. You know, uh, West Ham, Newcastle, and then um, Nottingham Forest. So I expected the, the lads to be a bit tired but I think we started off the game pretty well there was you know a small period in that first half especially where I felt like um we were sloppy with our passes um and uh cutting edge but I think we started off the game pretty well especially with that you know that carving open chance for Son which you know I guess you can look at it two ways um either he he's got a berry or it's a good save by the keeper you know um but yeah I think we started off the game pretty 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 sound uh, it gave me it gave me confidence uh moving forward into the game cool so i'll move on to you i'm not sure what your expectations were uh going into the game either but how do you think obviously we i think like we we started quite well as well i agree with you um i did always think it was going to be quite a tight affair but it kind of seemed to take a turn in around the brennan johnson injury but how do you kind of feel like the first half kind of played out overall up to like the the moment in near which we scored. Yeah, I felt like it was an okay first half, um, to be honest with you. Um I mean they did create some good chances uh in the first half uh Forest. I felt like Elanga's always gonna be uh dangerous with his pace. Uh Morgan Gibbs White, um, you know, in his new kind of role that they where he was he's been playing almost like an uh like an SS up there with no like recognised striker. They did give us a little bit of little bit of problems, and honestly, I just didn't feel that in the first half, we um, I didn't feel we played that well, in my opinion. I mean, obviously, outside of the goal in uh, stoppage time from Charleston, and um, you know the kind of chance that Kulusevski created for um, Son, I felt like it was a really tight affair. Uh, it, it felt to me like they did their homework. They closed off a lot of the spaces that we were picking up and made it very difficult uh, for our players, especially on the flanks, to be able to create anything. Um, they did sit in quite deep initially uh, and there were moments for them that they could break on us, uh, which was kind of frustrating. Um, but I suppose, you know, it was we were very fortunate. Um, a lot of the possession we had was just um, converted into a goal just before half-time. Yeah, it did look like, Obviously, Forrest not playing an out and out striker flooded the midfield, forced us out wide, and obviously, we're quite limited out wide. Like, I didn't expect to see the uh, in and out winger we saw from Sun against Newcastle. I very much thought that was just a very fatigued trippier. Um, I didn't expect him to have to take quite as much punishment as he did, um, from the likes of Yates and Williams. Um, 
saw so many tweets after that game I and mean, i'm not sure we'll get into the whole yates thing but just about how nobody knew who this guy was before the game and now everyone just fucking hates him for good reason like it it was insane how how some of that game played out but yeah it was good like we managed to obviously kulizevsky playing out wide at this point with skip having to come on or he may have not have had to come on or be the one that had to come on but that's who Ange went with rightly or wrongly uh skip came on Kulizewski went back up wide and yeah a moment of quality for um a really good cross into Richie which um I think yeah I would even agree that was a pretty good finish no the finish is quite the cross I'd say the cross did most of the work if I'm not being completely shameless the the cross did do most of the work but his movement is actually quality um like he gets he gets to the ball before the keeper does like that Mm. that is one of those ones where you have to just you have to meet it before um, anyone else, and he, he gets there, and he he actually does the right thing. He you know just takes the pace off the ball. He doesn't add anything to it. He just gets a little nick, and that's enough. Back of the net, great goal. I love goals like that. That's that's like a quintessential striker's finish. So you can't even argue with it. And that's that's what three and two now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might actually be quite useful. I have noticed like he's off the ball movements just getting a, just somehow um just taking a bit of a switch. It's just a lot better timed. He's always been aggressive running in behind and he just kept yeah. on getting caught offside time and time and time again, especially last season. Like he just kept kept going offside goals. But yeah, all all power to him. Like he just seems a bit just a bit more happier, confident, and he's just being a little bit more patient when he uh, sets off. Um Coming into the second half now, I feel like um, Forrest came out a lot more. I'd say Elanga and Morgan Gibbs-White were, although they looked dangerous, they were very wasteful with a lot of their openings. Like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing from Morgan Gibbs-White half the time. Like, I think he's a top player, but I, I, I didn't feel that threat from him in the end. Like I always thought he just kept on getting in dangerous positions, had time and for whatever reason, couldn't do anything with it. But Tops, how do you kind of feel like the uh, the second half played out up until a certain um, red card-related incident happened? Yeah, I didn't feel we started the half well. I felt like um, we were a little bit sloppy. Um, we couldn't really get back into our rhythm, even though, um, you know, first half we dominated in terms of possession and should have really taken an earlier lead than we did. But second half, it was it was a funny odd one. We were giving away silly fouls, and there doesn't seem to be, like I said, much rhythm, much fluidity. Um, <clears throat> and Vicario was forced into a couple saves, uh, even to the point whereby they uh, managed to even equalise. But obviously, it was clearly sort of sort of offside, <laughs> where there was like one of like three players, which kind of was in my mind. I was like, it's either a really, really good line, or if it's a really, really poor like judgment of where they were standing in terms um of the offside so to be honest with you once var kind of um ruled that out it kind of uh the game was it was tight there was a chance where udogi uh did a really good really good really good block of a cross that i thought could have been dangerous and then just very fortunately we kind of just quelled the whole mood um at the city ground uh with again very very good high press um kind of a kind of a mistake from turner as well but again the aggressiveness the ferocity and sort of directness of the attack especially with players like kulu 
essentially resulted in us getting a second around the 65th minute. And honestly, um, I think that kind of just quelled the game. It kind of just quenched it a little bit. Um, and I felt even after that second goal, we actually looked weirdly more comfortable. Um, it was it was weird. Uh, obviously, the red card came kind of soonish after that. But uh, I still felt that like, after that second goal, we were, we seemed a lot more in um, in control of the game. Uh, it was weird. Skip kind of improved after what he was doing in the first half, and we mm. seemed to kind of make sort of little openings for ourselves, even against ten men. Um, I, I wasn't like amazingly happy but to be honest with you games like this you just kind of want to get in and get out this is what i mean like we're in a christmas period with a lot of injuries so i mean any win any three points i don't like i'll take like i don't put that much stock in the performances until like i'm not i'm probably not going to until like we kind of get out of the, the christmas period and we start getting more players back um just to obviously get into a better frame of um, reference to show a better version of ourselves. But, Yao, how are you on Kulizewski now? you much happier with him now? No, there's still room for improvement, but I was never really against him. I was more... My, my more disappointment with him was he, especially for large parts of this season, he's found himself in some very good position to just let, let the thing go, bruv. Like, I don't... I understand all this pity patter shooting. Like the Nottingham Forest game, it's probably the first game this season where I've seen him like really let the shot go. Like even though it was with his right foot, I think there was one in the first half, if I'm correct, earlier with his left foot that you know it went wide. But I was like, yo, that's that's what when I'm talking about letting the the shot rip, that's what I'm talking about. None of this like I'm just gonna pass it into the back of the net. Sometimes smash and curl, bruv. Um, so I didn't have a problem with his performances. I think he's actually been quite quite good this season um, outside of the first few games where he was a bit lacklustre. Aside, aside from that, I think he's actually been um, fantastic. And the last few games, uh, the last four to five games that we've played, um, where he's definitely deputised in this more um, 10 role, he, he's been up there with one of the more outstanding players of our team so far. Yeah, like I'm just... I'm much more happier just with how more decisive he is, like you alluded to then. Like, he was just overthinking a lot. Like, he's an intelligent player. Like, he kind of has to be because he's not very fast. Um, I just felt like he just kept on getting in certain situations. He would just overthink his actions. And now he's just, yeah, just making his decisions a lot quicker. And uh, there was a moment, if I can't remember if it was just before the second goal or just after, where he was just very direct, took the ball inside off the right, took two players out of the game and then immediately as soon as the shot opened up near post he tried it straight away and a little bit unlucky like I thought it was going straight in but it was just like little moments like that it was just like okay you're being direct you're being decisive cool like you can do that and not shoot like you can be direct decisive and find the final pass like as and when you see it yeah as well but it's just like just knowing the right thing to do when when it happens most of the time and yeah he seems to be in a really good rhythm right now um Obviously, then we shortly after we went 2 0 up, went down to 10 men through that Basuma challenge on Yates. Um, yeah, Tots, what did you kind of make of that whole thing? And then, uh, how do you think we then went on to play, obviously, closing out the game with the 10 men? 
Yeah, it was a bit frustrating, to be honest with you. Uh, it was a bit frustrating. Uh, it's, a, it's frustrating on a number of, of reasons. And, like, I thought about this a little bit and went and did, like, some reading into some of the numbers and stuff. And, I don't know, it's extremely frustrating uh, from a personal perspective for Pesuma, purely because I think that will now be his third suspension of the season. Um, so yes. we probably won't see him now until the end of January. Um, because obviously the suspension and obviously the um, AFCON, which he'll be going to. So it, it really doesn't bode well. Um, you know, I, I've, I've mentioned this a number of times and I said it was something that when I spoke to this Brighton reporter last uh, two seasons ago, when I asked him, the first thing he said to me was, if you put money every week on Bissouma to get a yellow, you're going to make a lot of money in this season. And to be honest with you, like, he hasn't lied. It just sometimes I feel that there's like there's something in his head that he feels that he has to be aggressive. But sometimes I just feel like he's not smart with the aggression and he maybe makes decisions that whilst, you know, in his head probably thinks that they're smart. I think it's sometimes like detrimental to the team and what we're trying to do. Um, in my opinion, I feel like... If you're from a football perspective, it was a harsh red card. But I think in today's game and how the game is viewed and how players' aggression and safety is viewed, it definitely is a red card. Um, and like I think it kind of just also goes on to, you know, like the bigger sort of question in terms of how we are as a team. Um, I feel like discipline or our disciplinary record hasn't been great. Um I found this remarkable stat um, a couple of days ago where I think like four of our players are in the top 15 uh, number of uh, players who have committed highest number of fouls in the league um, in terms of yellow cards as well. We're like a significant high number in terms of a number of players in the team. And I kind of think it just goes hand in hand in terms of how we are as a team. I feel like whilst we play extremely... And I, I, I tweeted this against to someone as well earlier in the week about in terms of how frenetic we are in our build-up and how we play. Um, we also, on the other side, we give away a huge number of fouls because of our ability and our dy like how dynamic we are in trying to win the ball back. And I feel that whilst it's a positive thing, I almost feel like it's starting to hinder us. Um, you know, suspensions for Romero, number of yellow cards for uh, for Basuma and Udogi this season. And I feel that that's something that we can probably or maybe try and nip in the bud. And, you know, I do understand that it's, it's something that's kind of important because we are aggressive in the way that we're trying to win the ball back. And we are actually one of the top foul teams in the league. But I still feel there has to be some level of, like, control with this. Um, you know, like for years, City have been known as a team who have been like top tactical foulers, but their disciplinary record is nowhere near, is nowhere near ours. So from a personal perspective, it's really frustrating, um, especially for Basuma because he's so key to this team. Um, and now it leaves us in a very bit of a hole in terms of who replaces him at six with no Bentenkur, um, leaving really only Skip or Hoiberg, um, at least for these next sort of four or five games over the Christmas period and January period. So, and, as a, and, and from a team perspective, it is a bit, it is annoying. Um, but, I mean, this is this is kind of one of the, um, how do I call it, um, compromises I have to accept from this team at this moment. 
I think I think one of the things to add on to this here that has actually frustrated me is, yeah, fine, yeah, we play aggressive and we've received um, what some people consider to be harsh or justified um, cards, but it's the officiating. The officiating is absolutely disgusting in this. No, country. that's a, that's a, and that's another thing I agree like, with you as well. I absolutely agree. With you. Like, you know, Matty, Matty Cash's foul on on Benton Court. Yeah. Like I don't care what anyone says, that's a straight red. Like, they, like we've seen fouls given and go against the team that has done it in literally the previous and and um, former games. It doesn't make sense. And what actually annoys me about like Basuma's record, even the foul that yes, you know, harsh I guess in a footballing sense, but it is a red card. You know, it, the 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 foot was too high. Studs were showing he didn't actually clatter him fully, but it was enough to say hey. You know, it's a red card. I would have liked some officiating to be there to see that. All right, there's no malice, you know, fine. It's a stupid tackle, yellow card at best. But we don't have mm. that level of officiating in this country. But one thing that pissed me off about the game the most was Destiny's a tackle is not a foul. He's just outstrength the player. And then mm -hmm. to make matters worse, not only is he outstrength the player and got the ball and it's not a foul, Yates then gets up and he's done this four times in one game where he's requested a yellow card. And he hasn't received a yellow card, which not even just with the hand as well. You you yeah. could hear him saying it verbally. Like like, like it's we, not like we the referee told... didn't see him waving the card. Like he would. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's a that's a that's a yellow card offense in the that's league. That's a now. yellow card offense. That's exactly. what it was literally stated at the top of the season that if any players request a yellow card from the referee, that is an automatic yellow card. The officiating in this country absolutely stinks it goes from and it goes from one to absolutely whatever the number is of referees every single last one of them from the premier league to grassroots smell like absolute dog crap they don't know how to officiate a game i can't think of a referee this season that i thought yeah you've officiated the game or all of them have been absolutely trash and i don't understand how this level of officiating is what we're supposed to accept and take on for the foreseeable future when you can't even understand the difference between a player being barged and a player absolutely consistently being dissentful in a game and receiving nothing. Four times. I, 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 I absolutely agree. And honestly, like, check my feed on on Twitter. I Every week, I, I just watch the best league in the world be completely ruined with the, in, the inconsistency of the Premier League referees. It, it, it's baffling. And some people are like, oh, well, you don't get much or you do get much. I just think across the board, there's such a lack of consistency. I'm not sure if you remember in the same match, there was a challenge that Murillo did on... Oh, it? yeah. It's the same match. Oh, man, yeah. It was... It was, it was and, and he received nothing. I mean... Was he on the yellow card already? Yeah, he was. No, I, no, I, don't, think, I don't think he was. It was, it was him or somebody. Somebody else was on the yellow card, didn't even get a sniff. Didn't even get looked at. And and this is what is frustrating as well, is that, like, we get it, you know, every team is going to get the rubber green sometimes and maybe they won't in other, in other times. But for me, it's just the lack of consistency in the refereeing. I mean, I think PGML have so much, they have so much to answer for because, like, it's becoming a talking point every single week. Like, if it's not VAR one week, it's refs missing things, it's refs not giving out cards, it's refs doing too much. Like, And sometimes it's like, these guys are, are trying to become the main mill of the Premier League when they should be the side pieces. They should be the guys that should be taking a back, a back seat and letting the professionals and letting the pros do their thing. And it's just like, it's constantly ruined. It's ruining the game. It's ruining the game. And it's like, to me as well, this has not even been the first game where I've seen that the level of the refereeing to be to be very poor and also very lax 
um, in terms of the number of fouls that we're given. Like, part of me doesn't want to think that it's because of what happened against Liverpool at home that they've suddenly taken a stance on us. I, I don't want to see that. But in the last few games, some of the refereeing has just been absolutely astonishing. Like, the amount of stuff that they've let go and the amount of stuff that they've uh, penalised us for. Like, the doggy yellow card. It's absolutely outrageous. In a man's game, it's absolutely outrageous. Yeah, it was just a shoulder charge. And yeah, he's just wildly inconsistent, given that I, I genuinely think Romero's challenge was much worse than Basuma's one against Forest. The Romero one um, against Newcastle. To, to yeah, that you, now. you could, yeah, you could, um, yeah, that one, that one was Romero far, should far, have far been away. sent off. Uh, Basuma, I thought it was, yeah, extremely harsh, given that he was, it was just clumsy, took a heavy touch, and you could see him like visibly pulling away. Um, to a point where he barely even brushed the player. Um, and I think you should be given that kind of consideration and, yeah, just have that, like, go for you if you're seen to be actually pulling out. Like, there's no danger to an opponent if you're looking to pull out. Like, like the Matty Cash situation, like, he literally sought out to take Ben Tenker out, as and an example. Did. And he did. And it's, it's like, this is the injury aside as well. Like, obviously, I'm going to be biased or we're going to be biased. And, okay, say he should have been given the red card because he's taken up one of our best players and he's injured him for three months. But that was literally an intent to harm an opponent, take him out. And, yeah, like, that barely, that just about got a yellow card. And he, he had to get taken off at half time because they all knew. But, anyway... I'm, I'm going to get mad all over again thinking about that because not only do we have uh, Skip and Hoybe for another four more games, it's going to be over AFCON as well. So, um, boy, well, we've got January coming up at least. And uh, Conor Gallagher, could he fill the void? I, I, he just doesn't move the needle for me. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, what, what is it? Hoybeerg version ios ios flipping 2.8 like what am i meant to do with this information i'm sorry he he doesn't nothing nothing fills me with like joy hearing connor's name linked to us now like yeah he could come in and actually do a, an outstanding job sure um i know we have to meet this this uh quota that much i'm aware of but like i'm just not it's nothing like I, I was actually more intrigued as to us getting Johnson than I am about us potentially getting Gallagher. And the games that I have watched, I've like, really, this is what we're 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 raving about. This is this is this is what we're doing. Okay, cool. Gallagher's been very good recently, to be fair. I Not mean, to say if, he's moved me, but he has like, been very good. He he's very good. Is like. The equivalent of he's very good from how it feels for me watching it. It's like starting up your PlayStation. Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, <laughs> like you just shrug your shoulder until you get to play in the game. <laughs> All you've done is just powered up the boost. Like nothing, nothing. The, the, the needle is not moving. Yeah. And I'm just saying. Let's talk about bird dogs. Bird dogs make you look good. They're stretched khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. 
So how do you get them? You go to birddogs.com forward slash pool and enter promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com forward slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. I need to be moved. Pause. Oh, you forgot the emoji. Tops. <laughs> <laughs> How, what are your thoughts on Gallagher potentially joining? As we're not being linked with the six very strongly at all right now. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm mixed. I'm mixed. Um, you know, he's like he's been in the league a, a little while now. Uh, it's a funny one that they're talking about because you know he's. I think he's at a good age. I think he's at a good age where he can still learn and improve. Being 23, um, but his positioning is all odd because he's he's been the captain in Reece James' absence, and a number of times. Um, He's been spoken really, really positively uh, by Pochettino. Uh, we've obviously seen what he did when he was uh, in on his loan spells at Swansea and West Brom and, and obviously Palace. And it's to me, it's a strange one because he still has eighteen months on his deal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's due to it's due to end in twenty twenty five, and I feel like with Chelsea in their FAP situation, you know, it probably would be in their best interests to get rid of him now. But again, that you know, you always have the idea that this is an academy product and someone who has actually fairly been integral to their season. Is he the kind of player that they're willing to go? We also know about our long-standing lack of business with Chelsea, which I think is crazy because I don't really want to sell to those puss. I don't really want to buy from them pussies. But I also kind of feel, like I mentioned in the group earlier on, we're in a situation whereby he actually would be not a bad replacement in terms of uh, midfield, midfield profile um, if we were to sell Hoiberg but with the English tax and in my opinion what I would say is like a fairly limited limited tech package uh, I'm not like Yao said I'm not particularly moved I wasn't moved in the summer and um, a little bit of good form in the first half of the season still doesn't really move me too much to make you know the deal a, a, a one that we could that we go for in January um, I would be more inclined um, to wait until the summer because I feel like it's not something that's a massive priority for us now, in my opinion. Um, I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the player. I just, just, I just think when I think about him, what are his most outstanding attributes? He's extremely good at pressing. Um, he's extremely good at driving the ball up the field. Is he a good passer? No. Is he a high volume passer? No. Does he have a wide range of passing? No. Is he a goal for it? We've seen him in the past to be somewhat of a goal threat. Has he done it this season? Not particularly. Uh, there's lots of ifs and buts with him, to be honest with you. Uh, I just don't want to help Chelsea. Like, I just, in my opinion, I just hate these bads so much. Like, I just hate them so much. And to be honest with you, the thought of us improving ourselves to help them, I just were like, no, F that. I just rather just not do it. Um, so, if anything, I would rather do it in the summer at a, at a cheaper rate and seeing if we actually still need it. Uh, but if it was up to me, no, it wouldn't be a player I'd move for. Absolutely, honestly. Yeah, you make very good points about his um, his technique and range of that. Like, like he really doesn't really have an expansive range of passing. He's not um, creating chances at a high clip. But he's been very industrious and not productive in the terms of like GNA for Chelsea, but they seem to be raving about him a lot. And Enzo's gone off with like something 
something or other again. So uh, who knows? But Anne seems to really, really like him. So it's 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 another thing for me as well. Like I don't think Chelsea are going to let him go for full. Like the fee being banding around is 40, 45 million. And then um, shout out to Alexis. He was on onto the NSO um, Twitter to say like, well, we sold him out for like 60, 65 and we see him as like as good of a talent. So I don't know if they're going to be as desperate to sell him for quite that much. I think they'll ask for more. And I'm like, okay, well, if we're going to be spending like 55, 60 million on Conor Gallagher, like it's got to be a no. It's got to be a no. Like we can do, we can sign two players who are um, individually probably both better than him. Maybe not on the homegrown quota, but individually both better than Conor Gallagher. And um... no, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, and as well, I, I just feel like the market has been completely—it's been dampened because you know lots of central midfielders went for for such crazy amounts. To be honest with you, but you have to just go back to being like, what really can he do to improve you or affect you your team? Like, even at this point, I look at his skill set. Is he better than Saar? I don't think so. Personally, no, it's not. It's not, and I don't think so. He's not. Bro, like, do you, do you know? Like, like, I don't know. When I think of like this English tax that they put on these players as well, like Madison was bought for Madison was bought for like thirty-five million. I, I, I don't see how player, Madison, you know. No, I just right don't see how a player of this, of this, of this level, of this ilk, just because of his, just because of English quota and. Um, his availability and uh, his contract situation, I just don't see the benefit for something, in my opinion, that is not a high priority in our list, in my opinion. If it was me, I'd go for um, uh, the the young man, Bellingham. Bellingham. Um, is it Job? Job. Yeah, I'd, mm-hmm. like, I'm not... All of this English tax, I might as well, you know, invest it into the youngsters. Like, I'm not spending 40, 50... It'll probably be 55 mil to get um, Connor, to be fair. But I'm not spending 55 mil on just Connor. I'll go and get um, Marcus Edwards and Joe, and and leave it leave it to to Jesus Christ. I mean, there's there's lots of different other players that you could look at. I mean, I don't know. There's a couple there's a couple guys that I think we could definitely be interested. I think I think Redondo Junior. I think Hayden Hackney at uh, Middlesbrough. Redondo. I think there's lots of players we could look at that are not like crazy amounts of money that we can develop because. Like, Redondo is meant to be the next up, by the way. So I'm, I'm, listen, because I know I need to put it out there. Me and Tops are going to be on the Patreon soon, so you guys make sure that you're out there. Plug, 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 plug. But Redondo is a good shot that you actually put out there. I know right now he's living off his father's name heavily. Yeah, but there, there's something there. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, like, I, I, just, I just, I just feel that like you, we can just get more bang for our buck. And um, there's lots of players who have different different skill sets and the one thing that always that always gets me in this squad as well and Sai said it and spoke about it really well in the group is that there is no longer a emphasis on one player being the most important player like if there's a player like say Madison who has the ability to rise from the mud in Coventry rise from the mud in Norwich rise from the mud in Leicester he's doing that so I don't look at him as being the main man I look at him as being one guy in a big cog of things and the one thing i really do like about this this current team and the way and running the squad is that he's giving young players the opportunity to play and impress and if they do so he's almost 
backing them and giving them more confidence. Like, I can't, I can't honestly say that I would have seen Saar at this level when I was thinking about Saar last season. I, I, I honestly didn't see it. No, no, and no, having, no, giving no. Him, having given him the confidence, it makes me feel like young players who are given the opportunity will be given the chance to improve and they'll be given the chance to show. I just don't see... I just don't think there's that much benefit in buying big prices on players who are not 100%. If you're going to spend money, in my opinion, and big money, you might as well spend it on actual top-level proven quality. And I just feel like to spend that potentially more on Gallagher is madness when it's not even a priority. It's, it's madness. Hey, I don't know that much about Redondo Jr., but Joe Bellingham's a shout, you know. If you want oh, someone to play as an attacking eight and crush the box, yeah, yeah, yeah. Job, Job is Job, Job is a uh, is an interesting talent, yeah. But like Redondo Junior, like I know I you know sent a little shot saying you know he's living off, of you know Papa's name, but like honestly, he, there's there's something that if the kid keeps developing, his name's gonna ring bells. It already does, but like it's gonna really ring bells. But Job, Job is my my quintessential English shot. He's the one that I'm like, yo. He looks like his brother. If he plays like his brother, blood. You see what my man's doing at Madrid. So <laughs> can't argue with that. Bring that to the lane, fam. Where does Redondo Junior play at the moment? What team? Yeah. Oh, where is he at right now? So, so if it's still the Argentinian league, then yeah, yeah, yeah he hasn't left. Team little fee. Oh, you like the Argentinian league, huh? Sorry, sorry, uh, I wasn't. I was just busy there. He plays for Arden, this team called Argentina Juniors. Sorry, ah, uh, it's their kit, mm. their kit. Um, yeah, Argentina Juniors. Um, he's like, um, from what I understand, he was born in Spain, but he he's played most of his youth football in uh, in Argentina, and he's only uh, he's still only twenty. So yeah, um, he's young, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's a good thing. It'll be. It'll be. Yeah, there's, a, there's a couple guys. There's a couple guys. That's I need to funny. do a little bit more work. Um, there's a couple guys that yeah we will speak about in um, future patrons, but I think there's some real good potential um, in this league, the French league, and the Championship uh, players who can definitely improve us. In, in my opinion. Mm. I agree. Can't turn your nose up at the Championship. Obviously, there's other players now. Um, I think it looks like we're prioritising their centre back, but like obviously all the aggregators and the might be the might be are saying that we're one hundred percent signing a centre back. There's a yeah. Pedivo. Mm-hmm. Um looks like we're strongly interested, even though I think the fee being batted around like thirty, thirty five million. I think we're gonna have to pay a fair bit more than that if we're gonna have to go for him. Um it's an interesting does... one. Uh like we'll talk about it in the Patreon, but uh, like his initial value is actually rather low. Um, the yeah. only reason that it would be it would be a high amount would be purely because um, he's in a situation whereby they are uh, basically pushing for the league, and um, he feels to leave that would be a mid-season um, sort of loss because he's been like integral to their defence. With um, I'm not sure if you remember a 39 year old named Dante. Yeah. Um, so those two have journeyman Dante now, like a very big, uh, very big partnership, um, which they've played lots of games together, conceded very little. But additionally, there's just this small 
complication because he plays for Nice, which is about to be, uh, which is owned by Mr. Ratcliffe, who um, is in the process of finalising his his um, his 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 uh, purchase of twenty five percent of Manchester United, which would I which would basically be um, improving arrival if that was to go through, um, and also just largely because of their position. Uh, but apparently. Um, this is a move that is actually being pushed by um, himself and his representatives. Um, he speaks quite well. Like uh, I'll go into I'll go into it more in the future on the Patreon. But this is a guy who's played a fair bit of football at 23, and um, I think he realizes that in the past he's made mistakes, especially with regards to availability and actually playing football. So um, I think his next move is actually very important for him, um, considering as well he's just. Um, got his first two caps this autumn uh, for France too. Yeah, it's fair that we'll be obviously reserved in um, what we say about him right now. Like, I wouldn't want to gas up something which is obviously quite exciting just for it to not happen and we get a lesser prospect again. Yeah. But does no, signing a, my yes. only question would be does signing a defender of this ilk and quality unsettle the squad? No. In my opinion, no. In my opinion, it does not. Um, it's, a, it's a different. It's a different type of squad now. And I think the, the best way of explaining it is the reason why I'm so sure it's a no is um, for the majority of the season, yeah, we had uh, Mickey come straight into the squad. So he he literally signed on Tuesday, played his first game, um, first game, official game for us uh, against Brentford. Literally just walked straight into the team. Remember, Dyer was still in the squad. Dyer didn't even make the matchday squad or, or make a team. To a couple, a couple of games into the season, like I think it's been made very clear by Ange um, in the way he's managed the squad that there is a specific, a specific type of way he wants us to play, and the players that are capable of doing it, whether it's a high clip or not, they will get opportunities in the squad. Those that can't do it or are not good enough at doing it, they won't get opportunities in the squad. And if you can't follow the instructions, you just won't make the match day squad. And that's what's happened with Dyer. That is our our senior or most senior um, centre-back. And he, listen, he played against Wolves. We all saw what happened against Wolves. He didn't make another team. He didn't He didn't make another starting lineup. We played with four full-backs because of the nonsense he did. Yeah, So it's very clear that if we get a player like Tabido, who plays similarly to, you know, the likes of Romero and uh, Mickey, there's a specific play style we're having with our centre-backs, which is they have to be capable or comfortable on and on and off the ball, but capable of obviously breaking lines with their passes. Mickey seems to be doing that very well from the left hand side. Romero, we know he's been capable of doing that since he's come to the squad from the right hand side. Tabido predominantly plays on the right hand side. I've not, not, not seen any games where he's played on the left, but predominantly plays on the right hand side. And it looks like he can also do the same thing. And he's young. Um, and it looks like if we play a high line, which we do already, um, he has the pace to get back. He's yeah. literally going to slot straight into our squad. There's no change. The only problem you have with like transfers is if you buy somebody that doesn't necessarily fit the the way the squad plays, and then mm. you have to drop and change to fit that player. When that happens, then you unsettle the squad. But if you're buying a, a player that's of similar play style to what you're already doing, it's cakewalk. Yeah, it's 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 a funny one because you know I hate to I don't like to say stuff like this, but I don't want to don't want to, don't want to curse this, but like. I'm not sure whether I want to give props to um, Lang and Mun because maybe they've gone down the stats route on this. But if we're talking actual fits to the way our defenders 
I've been profiled under Ange, he's like the perfect fit. It's it's really strange. Um, his age profile, his height, um, his skill set. He's uh, I I think it's like the triple it's the triple A's. He's extremely athletic, he's extremely aggressive, and he's extremely he's got extremely positive anticipation as a, as a defender. So plus he's playing in a two, has played in a three as well, and um, because he's extremely athletic, um, the notion of him even being able to play in a in a high line, which he does for Nice. Um, means that um, you know track backs, which uh, we know that Romero and Van der Ven are very, very um, adept at doing, is um, extremely something. Is something that he's extremely familiar with. Um, like he's a, and he's extremely aggressive. He's a very front-footed defender uh, with uh, quite an extensive passing range, especially long passes. That's excellent. And yeah, it, it, my only thing now is like, I, I do lean more, way more towards it, not unsetting this quality. I just hope that we, if we're going to go for this profile, and this quality of a defender, then we have to stick to it. Even if we don't get to Nemo, then we can, like really and truly, we should have just really committed to getting tabs over as well in the in the last window. Um, or in think happy hour or... Well, just someone of that ilk that Medina's been coming up. I'm sure you'll speak about more centre-backs soon, Sops. But, yeah, just yeah. someone who's in and around that quality of a defender. I just don't want us to go. <laughs> and Ash will probably love this. But, yeah, if we end up with Lloyd Kelly, that would just, I think, <laughs> um, just bring a bit of a downer on a lot of Spurs heads moods when um, we've already, we already look like we've, we've got a nice profile in mind. Uh, for yeah, listen, I, and it could I, be a I, new coin phrase, by the way, Tom. So you can coin him the triple A defender. Yeah, like I'm, t- I'm telling you, I'm telling you. When I think about it, like, if we sign defenders that are, that have three of those, I'm telling you. But again, I, I don't want to go too much, and people will probably kill me for this. But statistically, Lloyd Kelly is he's there. He's right there. In terms of an average defender, he's right there statistically. It's true. Lloyd Kelly, that, yeah, that, that yeah he is. He, he absolutely is. And it's funny okay. because he even has all of the physical attributes as well. He's tall, he's left-footed, can play as a centre-back and a left-back. And statistically, Owen, he's right there. Damn. That's not even a lie. And I have done my, my research into it because Tops has been singing his praises. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's see where we'll go with this. I'll have to watch Bournemouth soon. Papa Blankson asks, do we have an attacker in mind? Which might be another small trailer for a patron, but um, uh, the attackers. Jota hmm. looks like an easy option. But... I was going to literally say that Jota seems to be the the quintessential um, pick up and goal um, option for us. Mm-hmm. And he's right That's there. Awesome. You know, he's not even playing. Did you have an attacker in mind that wasn't Sandra? <laughs> That's for another day. Um, do I have an attacker in mind? Um, I really do like. I really do like Yotta. Um, I feel like he has lots of different skill sets, which would suit like a wingery ten, um, kind of like Madison, but someone who 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 really can operate as as an, as a true inside forward, not as a winger like. Um, Hill or Johnson, but as an actual inside forward, uh, a goal-scoring one. Um, I still don't really understand the situation in um, Saudi with him. 
um, which is a little bit concerning. But yeah, there's a few others that I still have my eye on. Um, one of them is still Armin Loriente. Uh, when I look at him statistically as a true inside forward, one-on-one demon, athletic, quick, um, goal-scoring, dribbling, high-volume dribbling, um, and way more dynamic and um, expansive than someone like a Hill and Johnson. Uh, I think um, him at Sassuolo, would, that would be a really good deal if we could make that work. Uh, January is obviously a funny market. Um, I, I don't really know where we could go in January um, with attackers. Uh, the only thing that I would be thinking that Lang and Munn could be looking at and thinking about is potential free agents. And even then, there's there's not that many. Um, the one free agent that I was potentially thinking about was Nico Williams, but he has, not, as a result, signed a new contract, um, which I'm not sure if it's a means of um, pumping up his price or if actually he wants to stick around at uh, Bilbao. Um, but at the moment, those are the two that I think, uh, if we possibly looked at, they could be looked at. But for January, it's a bit tight. Yeah. Absolutely fair. Uh, there's a few obscure names as well you've been researching. We'll see. I'll leave it for now. That that will come out soon with some extra content, I'm sure. I do particularly like the profile of the winger you spoke about from League One. Um, or League One, I should say. Um, yeah. That's the only clue I'll give out. But that was... Yeah, it's just a really interesting obscure profile and it just kind of looks into the kind of data and stuff that you think that Tottenham will be looking into as well. It'll be interesting to see if this person's name comes up. But anyway, um, Everton at home next. No Basuma, no Udogi. Um, do you know what? I'm not actually that mad at the Udogi suspension. I'm, um, I mean, he was on the brink of a suspension anyway, and he'll probably miss um, a less favourable game. I think Everton at home, even though they're 1-4 in the bounce, not conceded the goal since the point reduction. Yeah, how do you see that going? Um, it's going to be a tough game. I know that they don't have the Corey for that game, um, which is probably going to work um, more in our favour. Um, but it's going to be a tough game. Um, Everton's always been a tricky tie for us, a bit of a bogey team. Um, but I think we've got enough components to to cause them problems. I know that they've obviously gone four on the bounce, um, you know, without even losing. And I don't even know if they've conceded in those um, four games, but I'm yeah. um, I'm dead sure that you know with us playing them at home, um, three o'clock kickoff. Yeah, and I just I just feel like we should have enough to to cause them problems. You know, um, Johnson returning. Yeah, it might be Hoiberg um, at the six, but we we will have uh, Kulu probably um, in the deeper role. Um, Sar still there, um, and then. Uh, we got Romero. Davis has actually deputised very well over the last few games that he's played. Can't really argue with that. Emerson will probably go left left back, which, you know, not great. But, you know, on a defensive standpoint, you know, at least he can do something. I don't see who else can actually go into that position. Uh, Mickey's um, whole um, recovery is actually stepping up. And actually today I just saw a tweet. Um, I think it might have been from Paul O'Keefe that... Um, Madison returns back from Dubai today and goes straight into training. So um, we are slowly but surely um, getting some players back, um, which will obviously feel like that dreaded new signing, as always. 
but this will be quintessentially important for us moving into the second half of the season. Um, so I think I think we've got enough um, to to hold off the the Everton charge. It'd be a tight game, but I think we can nick it. Uh, probably similar to the Nottingham Forest game. And um, Richarlison, as he's currently on this weird scoring form, just has to start. I can't believe I'm saying it. He's going to have to rise it against his old club. Yeah, pause. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. I just completely forgot to remember to include in this little preview that Le Celso is, in fact, still injured. Um, otherwise, I was suggesting a certain midfield for at home to Everton. I can't even um, do that. So, Tops, who plays at six? Um, who plays at six? Has to be, it'll be Hoiberg, in my opinion. Um, I almost feel that, like, uh, it's not a, you know, it's not a, a down on skip, but I feel skip is more better used in the running eight position that Sarkana normally plays. And I feel like, from a passing perspective, mm. um, Hoiberg is probably the one in there who I would, who I would likely expect um, to be able to, to be able to uh, deputise for uh, Bissouma. I mean, Bissouma really has done us um, done us terribly on there but um, I feel like uh, it's probably more likely to be Hoiberg um, in there alongside um, what I think will be um, Saar and uh, Kulisevsky at uh, like the sort of 8-10 slash role that he's been playing for us um, that's probably the midfield I think will go and maybe um, I'm, I'm expecting Johnson to be okay. I'm expecting Son to continue on left and I'm expecting um, Richarlison to continue up front as well. Yeah, same. I would go for something slightly different at six, only because I'm not as down as um, most on the on the Ollie skip. Like, there's been a few moments where he started off sloppy on his cameo against Man City, then he rose it, he had a switch, and then um, it was very... I mean, he was really quite sloppy against... Uh, Nottingham Forest as well to be fair but as soon as we went down to 10 men again there, there was a switch in him and I just do wonder if he can just kind of drill this press resistance package in like if he can at least be confident enough to play that role against Everton like I feel like we do very well against Sean Dyke signs at home anyway I don't feel like we're going to get overly pressed I think um, as long as he can just keep the ball, keep it ticking over and at least be mobile and disciplined enough to cover and screen our defence. Like, I think he should be able to do a good job. Um, and then, obviously, you've got Saar babysitting him as well and just trying to just, just, just free up Kulizewski to try and do what he does. And um, I still think we should win. Um, although, like you said, Tom, so why I think it should be... Well, could be skipped like it i think Ange will probably pick hoibiak so yeah we'll see um quick score prediction from us as well i'm i'm gonna go with a 2-0 win yeah i'm i'm gonna stick with a 2-0 win or yeah 2-0 2-1 i think it's gonna be tight um i think it's gonna be tight uh Everton have only won eight games this season, and I think in all of them that they've won, they've had less than fifty percent possession. 
Um, they're actually on the back end of a five-match run where they haven't conceded in the league. Um, five matches, Jesus. five matches. They're not conceding in the league. Um, it's, an, it's a funny one. They they don't tend to give that much away in terms of chances, but they're happy to see possession. Um, in which one of those games, I think they even had as low as like eighteen percent possession and won the game. Uh, it's going to be a tight one. I feel like they're going to sit in. They have players that can hurt us. You know, Onana, I think is okay. I think DCL he hasn't been scoring, but he's been good. Um, I feel. Um, Dwight McNeil is extremely he's extremely adept in the league. Um, I think it'll be a 1-0, honestly. Um, we haven't lost, actually. Weirdly, we've only lost one game in, like, 29 games against against them. Yeah, so, but it's always, it's always a tight affair against them. I remember the, tight, even the yeah. FA Cup was just pure nonsense. Uh, you know? and, and, and the fact that it's home uh, makes me kind of feel like we have a bit of an edge. Um, I feel like we're going into a bit of a good... We've come out with a bit of a rough patch, and actually, um, winning against um, Forest was was important for us. And maybe as well, their their morale or run might be dented by their loss midweek to Fulham. So, I think it'll be a tight affair, but I think we'll nick it. I think it'll be one nil to us. Um, maybe a sun goal. Lovely, lovely. Well, that'll wrap it up, then, guys. Um, Scott Hall, Booker T from HQ. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we're going to have more content coming um, your way as well as well as the weekly pop. We've got more patrons coming up. Of course, you can catch the ad-free Patreon um, versions of the podcast there for £1 a month. Nothing crazy. Um, again, catch us on stream most Thursdays. If not, we'll do it on a Friday. Um, the audio platform podcast always comes out on the Saturday. But yeah, for now, come on, you Spurs. Shout out again, Papa Blanks, in the comments. And, um, on debut, Tunge Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London. That is absolutely incredible on debut. Oh, yeah! Podcast Network.